Travis Ryer with the BamaOnline.com staff following the media viewing periods at Wednesday's football practice at the University of Alabama. It is instant analysis. We do this on a fairly regular basis. And if you don't catch all of this or you want to catch it again, you can do that at the Built by Bama online podcast. Instant analysis will upload to the Built by Bama online podcast so you can always have access to these post-media viewing installments. The Crimson Tide working out indoors today because we have some threatening conditions. First time in a while. It's not only been just hot here in West Central Alabama, it has been exceptionally dry, but we're getting a little bit in the way of some thunderstorms here in the Tuscaloosa area on a Wednesday afternoon, so we'll take it. Welcome to relief. Nothing else, a temporary, uh, temporary respite from the 100 plus real field temperatures that we've had here, it seems like, for the better part of a month or so. But Alabama inside the Hank Crisp Indoor Facility, continuing to get ready for the South Carolina Gamecocks. The SEC opener for both teams Saturday afternoon. Speaking of hot, should be over there at williams Bryce Stadium around 2.30 Central. That game, of course, set to air on CBS, as Brent Musburger would say. Um, the Crimson Tide again. Uh, on a Wednesday, we saw some things in there from an injury perspective. Um, you know, not much new to report. Some guys, again, in the last couple of days that look like they're sort of ramping up from some situations that have kept them off the field, whether it's been just for the last week, maybe it's been for a few weeks, like Justin Aboigbe, the true freshman defensive lineman. Uh, we see Chris Owens in there today with the first group at center on that offensive line. The five that we saw, the first five that we saw in there today, Chris Owens at center, uh, and then really what you had against Duke. Landon Dickerson at right guard, Jedrick Wills at right tackle, Evan Neal at left guard, uh, and you also had Alex Leatherwood at left tackle. Now that second group is where it got kind of interesting. Something we saw in the Charleston Southern game in the second half on Saturday. When you had true freshman Darian Dahlcourt come on and work with the rest of those first-teamers, uh, you got Tua Tonga-Vailoa out of the game at that point. But Alabama left those other four starters uh, from Saturday on the field with Darian Dahlcourt. And it looked like Dahlcourt today may have gotten a snap or two with that first group and continued to work with the second group uh, that followed those, uh, those first-teamers on Wednesday. And you had Kendall Randolph at right guard. Um, you had Tommy Brown at right tackle with that second group. Matt Womack at left guard with the two. Scott Lashley at left tackle with the two. So some things to keep an eye on with that offensive line as it gets ready for its third game. And perhaps you would think maybe reverting back to that group that we saw against Duke in the season opener. But as we saw last Saturday, never can tell sometimes. And I do think, I continue to think, I've said this for a while now, once Darian Dahlcourt does find a spot in that first group, uh, I don't think you'll see him come out. We'll see. Young guy, but a uh, very promising future for the true freshman interior lineman. Uh, other things that we saw during the workout, running back drills because we were inside. We always get a good glimpse that those guys look to be working in about the order you would expect. Although Keelan Robinson, the true freshman, didn't look to be doing uh, a lot of the individual drill work, kind of off to the side. Um, so we did see Najee Harris, Brian Robinson. Uh, we did see Jerome Ford, Chad Townsend. Uh, but Keelan Robinson during individual drills didn't look to be as much of a participant 
as some of those other guys. Um, defensively, Wednesday is always a dime package day for the Alabama D. And we saw the linebacker and secondary alignment for those first two groups. Uh, interesting, interesting. First team dime. Well, you had Shane Lee there at the Mac linebacker position. So you kind of knew that. You knew Xavier McKinney would be at the money position in the dime. Uh, but again, when you got to your corners and your star position and then that second safety to go along with Jared Maiden, that's where things got a little interesting. For the second day in a row, we saw Shaheem Carter with the ones. Yesterday, Shaheem Carter, I'm sure you saw this in Charlie Potter's practice report following Tuesday's media viewing periods. Shaheem Carter with that first group at star in the nickel yesterday. Well, it was Shaheem Carter once again today with the dime uh, at that star position. Uh, your safeties were Jared Maiden and a true freshman in Jordan Battle. Those were your top six defensive backs out there today in the dime during the media viewing periods. Um, yeah, Diggs, Sertan at the corners, Shane Lee at middle linebacker, Xavier McKinney at the money, Shaheem Carter at star, and Maiden and Battle at the safeties. Now the second group, we saw Markel Benton in there with the twos at the Mac linebacker position. We saw DeMarco Hellams in there at the money position. We saw Patrick Sertan stay on at the star with the twos. Jalen Armour Davis was at left corner. At right corner, you had a couple of guys over there in Brandon Turnage and Marcus Banks, two true freshmen. Um, your safeties, still Jordan Battle out there with the twos uh, in that dime. And Daniel Wright at safety uh, in that dime look as well. So there's your rundown of your first two groups of the dime packages from the middle linebacker through the secondary. Uh, dime also has a lot to do, as you know, with pass rush. And uh, we saw some of those guys down on the other end working through some things. You know, those top four guys in the pass rush that you expect to be in that look right now, Raekwon Davis, Anthony Jennings, Terrell Lewis, and LeBron Ray. Um, those are your four guys that you kind of anticipate the most right now uh, in, in Dime Rabbits. Uh, they have some different things they can do with that look as well. But those are the four uh, between the two outside linebackers and the two defensive linemen. That's kind of what you anticipate. Otherwise, um, not a real newsy media viewing periods today while we were in there. Charlie Potter, again, had that practice report up if it isn't up already. I've got some practice video uh, that I'll have for you. Some offensive line stuff, some running back stuff uh, that you'll be able to check out coming up in a little bit. Um, otherwise, trying to think, am I missing anything? No. Two items of particular note I was looking for going in there today, offensive line. Uh, and Emil Echior is still doing some things. Uh, Deontay Brown doesn't look like he's doing a whole lot right now. Uh, but you heard from Nick Saban earlier today on the SEC coaches teleconference. He was asked about Chris Owens and Emil Echior, and he said that he felt like Owens of the two was closer uh, to, to being able to go, uh, which again, that makes things interesting at center because those are really going into the season, Echior and Owens, Alabama's top two centers. You saw Landon Dickerson play center last week, but again, it kind of brings Darian Dahlcourt perhaps closer to the mix uh, moving forward perhaps there at the center position. Um, 
I think that's about it in terms of items of particular note. If you got anything uh, you want to ask about, yeah, Josh is asking about uh, Josh Job appropriately. Josh Sawyer is asking about Josh Job. That's been interesting this week. Nick was asked about Josh Job and Jordan Battle on the SEC teleconference earlier. And, you know, we didn't see Josh Job. I didn't see Josh Job today in the first two groups of the dime. And, I mean, we saw pretty much everybody. So, you know, Nick commented on Job earlier today saying that, uh, you know, he's made some mistakes, uh, gets a little too emotional or is a little too emotional at times. Uh, Saban sort of pointing out the difference between playing with emotion and being emotional. There is a difference. There is a difference. If you're married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so that's kind of the situation with Josh Job right now. It'll be interesting to see what his involvement is for South Carolina coming up this weekend. But based on what we've seen the last couple of days, I would think Shaheem Carter becomes a bigger piece to the puzzle. And I would think Jordan Battle in the dime becomes a bigger piece of the puzzle as well. So there you go. <laughs> everybody, everybody is, uh, Everybody is on that Najee Le'Veon Bell trip, aren't they? Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's interesting to me because, you know, Najee's background, where he comes from, um, that's beast mode territory, man. That's beast mode out there. That's not uh, Le'Veon Bell, Bell territory. So Marshawn Lynch is more the guy that, you know, I think – probably Najee identifies with, but in terms of running style, I wouldn't say they're entirely the same. Yeah, Ricky, I thought uh, Will Reichard against uh, New Mexico State showed you everything you wanted to see in a bounce back performance. Not that he was awful against Duke. He just had a little bit of bad luck on a couple of kicks. Uh, and then he, he took all the doubt out of the two against New Mexico State, didn't he? Uh, they were just absolutely right down the pike. And with great height and for rotation, uh, everything you'd want to see in a young kicker. CV, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say this is the week that either Najee Harris and or Brian Robinson have a run of 20 yards or more from scrimmage. It hadn't happened yet. hadn't happened through two games. You've had four other guys on the Alabama offense do it. We talked about that. Uh, you've had Henry Ruggs III with one, obviously, of more than 20. Uh, you've had Jerome Ford do it. You've had Keelan Robinson do it. You've had Tua Tonga-Vailoa do it on that 25-yard touchdown run on Saturday. I think this week, one or both of those guys pop one for 20-plus. And I, I think they'll do it without making – three or four cuts. One cut and get downhill. David asking about Trayvon Diggs. Diggs looks okay to me, David. Looks all right. We just talked about the kicking situation, Jeffrey. Um, question about Antonio Alfano. You know, on days when they're inside, I don't get a uh, – we don't get a great look at the defensive line. So – I didn't, while I was in there, I was more with the running backs and the offensive line. I'm not sure even Charlie uh, got a good look at those guys because they start practices if they can, unless the weather is just really bad. 
um, they start more outside doing some of the uh, sled work. So by the time we're out of there, you know, they start to come in. But Alfano's a, he's an interesting case right now. I think uh, probably trying to figure out some things personally. Uh, I think that's been the case for some time now. Uh, you get to a place like Alabama and you better have as much of it in order uh, away from the field as you do in order on it because it isn't for everybody. And there's a lot of guys who come through here, not just Antonio Alfano. Uh, there have been guys that if you would ask me a year or two into their time in the program, if they were going to make it for four, I would have told you no way. And a couple of them went on to be what are considered to be Alabama greats, uh, guys that play in the National Football League right now, as a matter of fact. What else do we have, gang? Yep. Yeah, you know, you got to be careful about totally throwing the backs under the bus to this point because I don't think there's any doubt that the offensive line hasn't exactly meshed to this point. Um, you know, you've seen more than a couple of busted assignments, whiffs, things like that. So, you know, I don't care who you are. You know, you still need a little bit of help, even against the New Mexico states. Uh, that being said, there are occasions, too, where the backs um, maybe aren't making the best choices, maybe aren't making the best decisions once they get into the hole. Um, it's a combination. I think it's it's fair to say it's been a combination of things to this point. Yeah, Emil Echior's been at practice. You know, it's just a matter of uh, getting him back to, to full speed. And it looks like he's getting there. I don't know if he'll be there this week, uh, but it doesn't look like he's too far off. I haven't seen or heard a final statement on Hunter Brannon. I know the last comments, I guess, that Nick Saban made on the offensive lineman. Um, you know, didn't really clarify much in terms of whether or not he'll be back. I would just say, we'll see. Yeah, with Trayvon Diggs, it was cramps. I thought that was pretty clear. Uh, shortly into his time down on the field Saturday, he I think he asked for Gatorade even before he asked for somebody to work on his uh, calves. That tells you about the, the, uh, the dehydration factor. There's Simon with Ben Davis. Yeah, Ben, uh, you know, he's seen action in both games so far. So we'll see. Uh, he's, you know, a depth provider there at outside linebacker and guy you can mix in in the, uh, in the special teams. I got you, Simon. I saw that today. Troy's ready to get some of Alabama. How about that? The Trojans going to come up 231, you know, cut through Montgomery, hit 82. Maybe stop by Jim's, get a little barbecue. Jim's 82. I did that the other day, man. I got some of that barbecue chicken, baked beans, coleslaw. Nothing better than Jim's, man. Nothing better. Yeah, Michael, I think Christian Harris and Shane Lee have been, been really impressive. It, they're going to be challenged this week, you know. Um, Rico Dowdle, uh, Tevian Feaster. You know, these are some backs, and there's some depth at running back for South Carolina. These are some legit guys. And so it'll be another challenge uh, for, for Shane Lee and Christian Harris. But uh, to this point, they look like they can, uh, they can handle it.
What else do we got? Gang? Yeah, I probably am gaining weight, Kevin. You know, you eat all this barbecue around here. We got all this barbecue. Got all this barbecue and then the wife has a chocolate store on top of everything else. You know, what are you gonna do? I think Mac's okay. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, probably Mac's biggest pro. Here's a couple things I think about, by the way, some of this second half offense, you know, and I know what Alabama's trying to do, but it gets to the point where opponents load up against the run so much, you know, like the hit, was it the hit that Keelan Robinson took in the game Saturday? Yeah. Um, I think it was the hit Keelan Robinson took in the second half because New Mexico State's just bringing the house against the run. I'd almost, you want to know what I would do? I'd almost just go wildcat the rest of the game. If all I'm going to do, if I'm not going to allow the quarterback to throw the football, if I'm trying to keep the score down, just run, I would get in the wildcat and get the extra blocker involved and protect my backs because the way these opponents in these 62 to 10 games, knowing that Alabama's just trying to run the clock and get out of there, the way that they come after the run game, I worry about some of these guys getting hurt. You know, it's like they never even have a chance in some situations. First of all, they're out there with the second team offensive line, uh, which isn't to knock those guys, but you know they, they're not getting a ton of reps during the week. Uh, I'd almost just go wildcat, have the extra blocker, and just run it that way. I know it doesn't get your backup quarterback maybe the work that you would like, but if you're not going to have the backup quarterback throwing the football at least a little bit, um, doesn't, doesn't really matter anyway. That's just me though, that's just me. What else before we get out of here? Yeah, I think Brian Robinson's definitely a hungry guy. I think he's waited his turn. Um, you know, he's got his opportunity right now. I don't think that the coaching staff's at a point where they're thinking that they're going to lean a great deal, or entirely, I should say, I guess, on Najee Harris. So, you know, Brian Robinson's going to get his opportunities. I thought some of the two-back stuff we saw against New Mexico State uh, was good uh, because you're able to use – Najee is kind of a, uh, a a decoy in the flat when you swing him out there, and then you still have Brian Robinson there to pick up the blitz, which he did on one particular play where Tua hit Jalen Waddle for what turned into a 29-yard pass play. I thought that was some good stuff, and you got to understand too. I'm I'm guessing Alabama hasn't emptied the playbook two games into the season, right? Especially with the way the games have gone. Um, didn't really have to flex it too much against Duke and certainly didn't have to flex it against New Mexico State. So I'm sure there's a, there's a, there's a lots of mo in that playbook than what we've seen through two games. You know, the kind of the, the thing about Najee that probably a narrative that hasn't been entirely accurate from his time in high school, and he is a five-star talent, don't get me wrong, is that he's like a 4-2-5 or a 4-3 guy. He's never been that guy. Um, very athletic, good enough speed for sure, but you know, not a uh, not a four three uh, sub four four guy. Cindy, you asking about Deontay Brown? I'm guessing so. Deontay Brown 
will be available beginning uh, the final game of the month against Ole Miss. So he's out this week. He's out Southern Miss. And then he will be ready to go for Ole Miss. Well, I don't know, Keith. I, I, here's the good thing about you know that in terms of do the blowout losses hurt Alabama in preparing for you know the inevitable close games down the road. I don't think so because, especially on offense, because a lot of these guys have encountered it the last two years. I mean, Devontae Smith caught a touchdown pass in overtime to win a national championship from the quarterback he's still playing with. Um, so I think from that perspective, you know, that they should, they should, and I understand the adage too, iron sharpens iron, all that. Um, but I'm going to guess the games are pretty close in practice every day too. You know, it's good on good inside the Hank Crisp indoor facility on a Wednesday too. But um, you can't simulate, you can't simulate those type of situations. I understand that. But I think they're experienced enough, especially on offense, that once they do get in that sort of position, with a guy like they've got at quarterback, it's uh, it's still an advantage to them. Yeah, I mean that's that's the upside, Michael, of playing those kind of games is that you should get just about everybody on the roster snaps. You saw a few more true freshmen play in the game. I think it's up to 18 now that, that Alabama has played so far through two games. Uh, I think there'll probably be even more as we move throughout the season. Um, you know, maybe a couple of those young defensive linemen like Ish Softshire we haven't seen yet. Braylon Ingram we haven't seen yet. Um, you know, those are guys that I think would, would be possibilities perhaps. That was good stuff from Josh Jacobs Monday night, wasn't it, Gary? What was it, the first back or the first player since 2001 to produce over 100 total yards and two rushing touchdowns in his first game in the NFL, and the last guy to do it was LaDainian Tomlinson? That's not bad company. Simon really wants to know about Raekwon Davis to this point. I think Raekwon's been productive. He's had, what? Six tackles in each of the first two games. He's the second leading tackler behind Xavier McKinney through two games. Um, first tackle for loss, I think, this past Saturday. So I think Raekwon's been what you would expect from him to this point. Haven't really decided on a score prediction yet, Vince, for Saturday. I don't know if I would go as far as to lay the 25 and a half. That's a big, big number on the road and as we've told you many times here on instant analysis slash the built by bama online podcast home dogs have teeth a lot of times um but i i think i could see a game where it's around that the only reason why i would kind of maybe not mess with that number if you're thinking alabama is that if alabama does get ahead um and you start playing a lot of these young guys um you know that's where it can bite you a little bit. That old backdoor cover. But I think it'll be somewhere around there. Yeah, Simon, I think um, I think they'd love for Raekwon to get back to his sack numbers from two years ago. Um, but I don't think that's that's everything either. You know, I 
there's games within the game when it comes to defensive linemen and you know things that you might ought to consider more or how many double teams is he attracting is he helping free up other guys uh in certain situations i, I guess i'm going to wait more than two games is what i'm saying to get too definitive about whether or not raekwon's off to a great start uh in between start or a disappointing start i, I, I want to see a little bit more All right, gang, we're going to get out of here. We can go see what the weather looks like out there. But uh, as always, appreciate you joining us here on Instant Analysis. Uh, again, this will upload on the Built by Bama online podcast. Charlie Potter with that practice report. You're going to hear from Nick Saban tonight following practice coming up in just a little bit. So you got that as well. Uh, I'll have some practice video a little bit later for you on the website. Keep it locked to BamaOnline.com for continuing coverage of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Instant analysis will be back Monday. We'll review Alabama, South Carolina. Look ahead to Alabama and Southern Miss. The Golden Eagles getting $1.8 million to make the short drive up to take on the Crimson Tide here in Tuscaloosa. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe out there, and certainly uh, we pay tribute to those on this day, 9-11, 18 years ago. Uh, one of the more, if not the most impactful event on our country took place uh, in multiple locations. And we think about those who lost their lives that day. We think about those who made incredible sacrifices, uh, totally abandoned themselves uh, to do what they could to help on that day and then in the days that followed. Uh, and we certainly want to do that as we wrap up today. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. And thank you as always for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of BamaOnline.com.